Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Question of the Week from the Naked Scientists. Hello and welcome to Question of the Week from The Naked Scientist with me, Dr Hannah Critchlow. This week, we wonder if we could use lasers for world domination. Hi there, my name is Julius Burke, I'm from London, and what I'd like to know is, of all the lasers employed by all of the supervillains betrayed over the years to variously destroy the world, another planet, or indeed our struggling heroes, super or otherwise, which is the most realistic, both in terms of the science behind them and the world-dominating application for which they have been chosen? With the answer, here's John Tisch, Professor of Laser Physics at Imperial College London. One of my favourite uh, laser scenes in films has been Goldfinger, where James Bond is strapped to a gold table and a laser beam is seen to cut between his legs, inching closer to his nether regions, while Goldfinger says, No, Mr Bond, I expect you to die. Well, actually, high-powered lasers are used quite extensively in industry for cutting materials, for example, the metal panels of cars. So that rather eye-watering moment is actually quite plausible. Uh, in reality, the lasers are actually focused with a lens that's quite close to the surface of the material to be cut so as to concentrate the energy into a small region. So the beam that we see sort of slanting in on the table is not particularly realistic, but still pretty fun. Thanks, John. And Dr Martin Ostwick, Research Fellow at the National Medical Laser Centre, University College London, agrees, adding... So you have to have a laser at a wavelength where tissue absorbs that particular wavelength, that particular colour. So if you have a red laser, the main absorber in tissue around that frequency is haemoglobin. And haemoglobin is red. In other words, it transmits in the red. It doesn't absorb in the red. So using a red laser to cut someone in two is dreadfully inefficient. So, Goldfinger, top marks for your realistic use of lasers, but if you'd like to frazzle Bond's bits more effectively, we suggest that you decrease your beam length and change your laser colour. Going back to John with his second favourite laser film of all time, and there appears to be a theme here, it's Austin Powers' Gold Member, where Dr Evil straps lasers to the heads of sharks, or even sea bass. John explains... There's absolutely no reason why you couldn't make a laser waterproof and indeed, underwater lasers are used for imaging and communications. I think the real credibility issue there is the power of the lasers shown in that film. And the beams that come off them are seen to demolish parts of Dr. Evil's lair. There's currently no way that you could make a high-powered laser small enough so it would fit even on a very large shark's head. The most powerful lasers in the world today, the NIF laser in the US and the Vulcan laser in the UK are building size and we're talking big buildings here with lots of space taken up by the power supplies and the technology for energizing the lasers. But I guess there's no fundamental scientific reason why they couldn't be miniaturized in the future, perhaps based on new technologies. I mean, just look what's happened to computers which also used to be building-sized. By the way, I thought it might be interesting to note that Dr Evil's use of the word laser with those exaggerated air quotes is frequently used in laser labs around the world. So it's finally cool to be a laser scientist. 
With that resolved by hip laser jocks, we hop along to our next question. Nick from Rochdale, Greater Manchester. As the joke goes, if you cross a kangaroo with a sheep, you get a woolly jumper. Is it now possible with modern techniques to cross different animals to make one completely new species? So how much is possible with genetic engineering? Send your thoughts on this quandary to chris at thenakedscientist.com, tweet at Naked Scientists, write on our Facebook page or join in the debate on our forum, which is at nakedscientist.com slash forum. The Naked Scientist's Question of the Week, brought to you in association with the How to Wisman Foundation, supporting science and education from Alpha to Omega.